My name is Abby and I'm the voice behind the Evolving Love Project. In this podcast, my husband and I deep dive into the topics of non-monogamy and polyamory, drawing from our experiences of being consensually non-monogamous for almost a decade. My name is Liam. Whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, curious or anything in between, we invite you to join us for this conversation. Let's begin. On today's episode, we discuss a recent appearance on national TV. We talk about the process of filming and unpack the reactions and comments that we have received from the public. I'd also like to announce my next women's retreat, which will be held from the 24th to the 26th of May 2024 in the beautiful Yass Valley of New South Wales. You can reach out to me via our website or Instagram to find out more. Well, one of the traditional marriage vows is to forsake all lovers. Well, it seems that's a little too restrictive for the young mums you're about to meet. They're quietly redefining the rules around I Do, sharing their stories for the first time tonight with reporter Pat Abood. I'm a totally normal mum. I'm grocery shopping. I'm playing with my child. But I would say that our marriage is pretty different to most other marriages. Abby is a writer and mother of a five-year-old. Her husband of 10 years, Liam, is a 33... On today's episode of the Evolving Love podcast, Liam and I will be discussing our recent little documentary which we featured in, which was shown on Channel 10's The Project. Mm. And for those overseas who might not know what Channel 10 is, it's one of the, the major television stations in Australia. So it felt like a pretty big deal for us. Yes, it did feel like a really <laughs> big deal. It was definitely the most uh, public expression of Evolving Love Project so far. The journalist Patrick Abood, I think, did a wonderful job. And yeah, we were. I think we were feeling pretty good about it. The dust has settled a little bit and we've uh, been able to see lots of uh, the full spectrum of comments that have been flowing through the gates of the various social media channels on Instagram and Facebook and and all the different uh, places where the project uh, kind of put the video up. Yes, that has been absolutely fascinating. It is so interesting to see how this topic lands on people. You know, and I think you and I, we we have sort of been in our little echo chamber a little Mm. bit with Evolving Love Project and all of these non-monogamous people that are a part of our life and we're in these conversation circles and it's all very you know, uplifting and we're having these interesting podcast discussions with these fascinating, supportive people. And it was, yeah, it's been quite the experience to witness the the comments. But we did know going into this that we would get some really negative comments. But in saying that, we've also had some amazing comments and some amazing uh, emails. And I've received so many DMs through the Instagram of gratitude and people telling me, you know, that they're also non-monogamous. And yeah, it's just been a fascinating experience. Yeah, people have, have been quite surprised at the, the scale at which this happened, I think, because we'd gone, I think before this, we'd done a, a, a you'd done an interview in the Sydney Morning Herald um, as part of a, a kind of a piece on relationships. But certainly in the Australian context, this stuff isn't really shown on a national level. No, and I feel like when it is shown 
on, you know, free to air TV or on a big national level previously in little clips that I've seen on, on different programs at different times. There's always sort of an angle. It's not always a positive portrayal of non-monogamy. So I'm really glad that this was a positive portrayal of non-monogamy. And Patrick Abood, the journalist, I think that he did a fantastic job. And he asked us questions that he said, you know, this is what the 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 person who is, you know, just at home, not, had never heard about non-monogamy. These are going to be some of the questions that they're going to ask. And, you know, this is an opportunity for you to answer those questions. And so we felt really, really positive about it. But it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. And I'm just feeling so much relief now that it is over. We did the filming, I think it was maybe six weeks ago. Yeah, or... it wasn't really that. The, the turnaround was very fast. I feel like the TV turnaround is film, edit, release. Yes, yes. It did happen really quickly. And we had a we had a good connection with Patrick Abood. He initially reached out to me through my Instagram. Uh, yeah, he followed my Instagram and then got reading away and then reached out. And that was, yeah, we, that's, that's how things sort of kicked off from there. And then it was great to pull the conversation circle together. I, I was a little bit nervous at a few points. I just really wanted everybody's identity to be protected. But Pat was really wonderful at assuring me of that. And I'm really glad that we went ahead with it, although it was incredibly nerve wracking. Pat uh, specializes in these particular types of stories. So he specializes, he's done a lot of work uh, within the queer community and he's, I think he, he did a, a BDSM yoga documentary once, which is, which is pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, he, he specializes in doing these really interesting stories and kind of shining light on some of the topics that might not necessarily be seen on TV. So we knew going into it um, and he assured us, of course, that you know people who didn't want their identities to be shown which was basically everyone, um, you know, uh, that would be respected. Um, so that was a really big deal for us to, of course, protect our community and, and to make sure that people felt really comfortable going into this because it's something that we had talked a lot about leading into it is, you know, are we comfortable? Obviously, we're public in an Instagram and on social medias and all that kind of stuff, but being public uh, on, on such a big scale is is definitely a, a different type of thing. Yes, we are. We have been public in our own echo chamber. So this is definitely, it was definitely the next level. Um, but yeah, it, it all happened and it came out and we didn't watch it when it was being shown on TV. Uh, Liam, I don't think you still actually haven't watched it. Look, I've not watched it in its entirety. And that's basically, it's basically in a similar way that, uh, you know, if I ever record music, you know, it's hard to listen back to your, your voice sometimes. So I feel like it's just that seeing yourself on screen, you know, it's been great to see the reception has been awesome. And I have actually kind of heard you listening to the the piece a bunch. So I've definitely got the snippets in and, and I'll definitely have to listen to it before editing this episode. Yes. And when it came out, we were quite, we, we were quite nervous. We knew that it was coming out. I think we found out the evening before that it would be coming out mm. um, last Tuesday. And uh, when we when we when it was airing, we actually went for a, for a family walk in the evening, and I think we may have turned our phones off, and we had asked some friends to watch it, mm. and then it was great, you know, when we checked in with our phones again later on and had messages saying congratulations, you guys were fantastic, it was really good, and I just felt immediate relief just through my body. I think I've been actually feeling quite anxious about it for quite a while. Mm. I'd been carrying a lot of just it was just like an undercurrent of like nerves and 
stress and just hoping that everything will be okay and, you know, and that the edit is good. You never know with these things. You can feel really great about what you say in the moment at the time. And then if there's an unusual edit that happens and, you know, there's a particular angle that we didn't know about, but that, that didn't happen. We knew that the focus of the piece would be on motherhood. Mm. Um, I will say one, one thing with that is that I think, you know, it did tend to focus on me being non-monogamous so much. I think that uh, in, from some of the comments that I've read, a lot of people think that we're in a one-sided open relationship, which is hilarious because I'm currently not dating at all. I'm not seeing anybody. And you are I actually met a new uh, lover of yours last night. We went out for, for some drinks and had a really nice catch up. But I just mm. find it really funny because people online, you know, the haters or whatever we call them are like, oh, I can't believe it. She's just, you know, she's doing what she wants. And the poor guy, you know, this that and the other and it's yeah someone wrote someone wrote this is this is proof that feminism doesn't work <laughs> which i which i thought was pretty amazing but it's yeah there were lots of comments just being like this guy's an idiot you know what a what what a loser you know lots of lots of those types of things and then uh, yeah someone someone commented uh someone had, had left a comment saying you know there's there's it's crazy that that he doesn't date and she's off dating and and someone just left a comment saying bad assumption. I know that was so funny. We were reading the comments as they were coming in. I will say that the Instagram comments were a little more neutral. Initially, I think because our community, a lot of our community, the Evolving Mm. Love community is on Instagram. So as soon as the project started sharing their socials for it, I put it in my stories and said, hey guys, this is up. Feel free to jump in. And oh my goodness, my heart was just bursting. The community just came in absolutely swinging for us in the comments, which was so beautiful Mm. and validating and just, you know, because it's so vulnerable to, to do that and one thing that I hadn't sort of taken into account in the lead up to the filming of in the lead up to the release of this was that you know I knew there would be negative comments and I had been nervous about if there if the editing was going to be weird and we wouldn't be happy with that but one thing that I hadn't really thought about was you know we're coming up talking about something a topic that actually does represent a lot of people even though there are so many different forms of non-monogamy and so I'm just so happy that the non-monogamous community is really happy about this like the comments have just Mm. been amazing and I'm just I'm really relieved at that and you know I hadn't really thought about that too much because I was thinking about other things but yeah, it was amazing. The comments were fantastic. And oh my gosh. And this one absolute legend who we had met the night before at our Sydney conversation night, he just came in and he called it white knighting in the comments. So, you know, people, true legend, an absolute true legend. One person left a comment was like, oh, this is, this is how, you know, abuse can happen. Something or other with children, you know, someone, you know, what about the kids basically? And, you know, he just came in and was leaving these amazing comments mm. and so supportive and, you know, getting into discussions with people. And I was like, wow, this is amazing because we didn't really want to, we don't want to jump in the comments at all, you know, on Instagram. 
No, it would have been too Facebook. antagonistic, I think. If we had been defending everything and especially watching them roll in, I think we would have gone crazy also. Yeah. Um, but it would have it would have just inflamed any debates or anything like that. But it, yeah, it was amazing to see. But I think it might be interesting. Some people have asked us um, some questions and asked me some questions about the process for filming. Um, and it would also speak to why we were nervous. Um, so maybe it's, it's worth talking about the process um, of how uh, when Patrick came to Canberra, because basically what happened was we'd, we'd had lots of meetings with Patrick on the phone and also in Sydney, we went up for a meeting with him um, and we talked through, you know, what the, the focus would be about, that it would be about non-monogamous mothers. And then he had the idea of setting up this kind of conversation uh, circle uh, to, re- to represent essentially what we usually do with our conversation circles. So it was kind of in two parts, really. We had a, this kind of staged conversation circle with members from our real members from our community and then the next day uh, we had filming with our son um, and then we also had filming together um, as a family but we did these kind of long interviews I think your interview was maybe 90 minutes long Mm. and my interview was about 60 minutes long Mm. Um, and then from that point on after those two days of filming uh, we didn't see the edit so Mm. so we did we had no idea and I think that was one of the reasons I don't know if you feel like this, but certainly for me, one of the big parts of the anxiety was, you know, as you said before, is how how the edit's going to look. Because I remember at one stage, and anyone who's seen it, and if you haven't if you haven't checked it out yet, it is on Instagram, and and uh, it's it's worth checking it out. Um, but I'd cried uh, when the Patrick, the journalist, asked me a question about whether our son would be proud. Um, of my choices and then I it just kind of it was right at the end of the interview mm. and then it just hit me so hard it was like after 60 minutes and this is a classic mm. I feel like this is a, a solid journalist uh, mm. little little he knew uh, what he was doing he knew what he was doing if you listen to this Patrick good on you mate um, but uh, he asked the question right at the very end you know would would he be proud and it just kind of like really hit me just like square in the chest and then I started crying and then as soon as I started crying I kind of, you know, once I'd stopped crying, I thought, I, I said this on camera, but they didn't, they didn't use it in the edit, I don't think. But I said, oh, there's no way this is not getting included. And then I think from that point on, it kind of made you feel anxious because you had all these like crazy ideas in your mind of like, what happens if they say non-monogamous motherhood, are you dating? And then you say, I'm dating. And then it cuts to me crying. <laughs> I know I had been nervous about that. Well, I was listening to your interview. I was in the other room and when you cried, it was so beautiful. And I, I know that you were feeling emotional because you're so you're such an amazing father. You're such an involved father. And just even the question of like, would your son be proud of you or sort of calling that into question or, Mm. you know, it's like, of course he is. You two are so close. We're such a beautiful close family and you know it was just a very emotional moment but yes after that I was a bit like oh gosh you know you you never know how the the ads might go for this you know for these types of programs Mm. I was like what if it's like non-monogamous mothers you know she's out dating and then it you know you're like grabbing a tear and everyone will be like oh see it's the jealousy or something yeah (laughs) so yeah that was that was funny and I think I'd mentioned it a couple of times but I was like no Pat he wouldn't do that to us that we'd, you know, uh, he, I, he definitely wouldn't wouldn't do that to us, and he didn't. He didn't. But I'm really glad that he he did ask these questions that people were going mm. to ask. Another one that was really interesting and which stood out, and lots of people have messaged me about. 
um, actually because they found it really funny was, you know, Liam, you look like a stereotypical cult leader. Mm. And I think that was actually a really good question because you do have this like long hair. You you could look a little bit culty. And I do have aspirations to become <laughs> a cult leader. Definitely not. This definitely, is my long game. De- my long game. <laughs> definitely no aspirations to become a cult leader. But, you know, I think when people hear about non-monogamy and these things, they can think, oh my gosh, is this a sex cult? You know, usually mm. if there is some sort of, there's like a community and there's some mm. sort of non-monogamy involved, there's usually a, a man at the, you know, he's at the height of it's the patriarchal kind patriarchal, of patriarchal top of the pecking order and all the women have to like whatever, be the servants or be his wives God, or sounds something. Sounds amazing. <laughs> You know, so I think it was actually really good that Pat asked that because people would, you know, go, what's all this about? You know, and you do have this gorgeous long hair. Well, people in the comments were saying, this guy looks like Jesus, but without the morals. <laughs> that was one of the ones on Facebook. I loved that one. Oh, babe, without the morals. Yeah. I oh, thought, my goodness. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one. But, you know. I know. There were some, what are some of the other comments? One was like... Jade, Jada Pinkett Smith oh, has, that, that was has all affected my everybody. Damn. I just thought yeah, that was, was hilarious. Yeah, it was like Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, you know, her her influence stretches so far. Oh. You know, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you actually haven't watched it yet. So that's kind mm. of, you know, it's a little bit hard to have the conversation about it, but you have listened to it. You were a part of the process. You know what we said. You have listened to it. I've listened to the audio from it. Yes. I think for some reason the visuals... I'm just self-conscious about the visuals. Oh, you look so good. I've You're seen, so I've seen, beautiful I mean, and you handsome. Look ama- you look amazing. I've seen the – because I sent you screenshots of – when I looked at the at the project on their Instagram. So I've seen – I've basically seen 80% of it. I just haven't watched it in its entirety. Oh, you should just watch it. It's really good. Oh, the, uh, the anchors at the end, I think they didn't really quite know what to say, but I know that they weren't allowed to say anything about it. Pat had told us that well, they – I think they'd encur- they were encouraged not to have a discussion. Yeah. You know. One of the guys, I can't remember his name, but he said something like, oh, I'm going to go home and talk to my girlfriend about this or something. And mm. I got some comments about that from people saying that was really immature of him to say that. I think it was fine. I think that, you know, they have to comment, you know, that's, they have to mm. say something. They don't just sort of watch that and then say nothing and then say, okay, what up next? Like you have, you have to acknowledge that that was a little bit of a different type of thing. So I think that was fine that he said that. And it know? really could have gone just totally... It- if, if they'd opened it up with a, a panel that was more conservative, yes. it could have gotten pretty loose. Yes. And it would have been tricky not being there to kind of, uh, you know, defend the story or, you know, it, that that was something that we were worried about because we didn't get a chance to choose. Like, obviously, we don't have any say in who's on the panel or when it sh- no. gets shown. So it could have been Steve Price. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't, couldn't even imagine that would be that would I mean, not be, be good. It would be amazing if we were on the panel as well. To be able to discuss it. That would have been great if we were on the panel, but it would have been rough to have some, yeah, to have somebody like Steve Price on the panel and to not Mm. uh, be there to to give our perspective. But look, Mm. I think it was beautiful. I think it was even-handed, you know, it was for for mainstream Australian TV. It was Mm. very short. Um, I, I I think it was really good. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up a few prompts of uh, of comments. Yeah, let's which, discuss the comments. So a couple of the standouts. I, I think it's I think it's good. Um, 
I think it's good to uh, speak directly to some of the comments because some of them, some of them uh, were actually really interesting and also uh, kind of nuanced. Not that the responses <laughs> to those comments were nuanced, but you know, uh, it was it was interesting. Um, someone goes, "It's called an open relationship. Been around for as long as we have." <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're not saying we invented it, you know. <laughs> We're not the creators of this. Okay, so this is this is an interesting one. So so on Facebook there was lots of comments kind Facebook of was horrible. Similar to this. Um so someone I won't I won't uh I won't mention their name to protect him because, you know, I don't want to upset him. But he goes, <laughs> What does it teach the kids? No loyalty, no commitment, <laughs> sexual promiscuity. Wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that's what most people think. I still have some compassion for people, Mm. you know, when I read these comments because they, for a lot of people, this is very new to them. It's very much in contradiction to their beliefs of what they think a romantic relationship should be. And so it's just, you know, I think a lot of people were just like, what is the point of being married? Like, what Mm. is the point of your relationship? We got a lot of like, your relationship isn't real. This is not valid. Like a lot of mm. that, you know, which which I do, I find so fascinating to me. I think we have an amazing marriage. We're so happy. Mm. We're so close. We're a, we're a team. You know, of course, being legally married has been amazing for us over the years. We have all of the benefits and the privileges of being a, a married couple and mm. Yeah, so that was so so interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of people caught up on the the fact that we say that we're married because we are married because because <laughs> we got married. Um, but people are like, you shouldn't be allowed to say that you're married because you make these choices, which is such a it, it was it, a lot of that was coming from I think religious kind of uh, frameworks. Yes, um, but there was a lot of people who were very offended by the fact that we were presenting and saying that we're a married couple because we are because we are but uh but the fact that we were also dating there was there was some amazing comments some a few comments people use the same phrase about you know i forget the exact phrase but it's have your cake and eat it too it's like yeah it was like oh these people are just having their cake and eating it too it's like yeah that's the whole point (laughs) we are literally having all the cake (laughs) we're starting a bakery this is this is this is what we're doing. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was very very funny. There were just some really funny comments. I mm. loved the really I like the really neutral comments as well. The people who say whatever floats your boat or mm. it's not for me, but good for them. If they're happy, I'm happy. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Like I feel like that's a good space that we should probably all exist in as a society uh, without getting, you know, too sort of emotional about it. But some people were getting incredibly emotional about it, saying this is bad mothering and this is going to damage your child and you've got no idea. And someone said, yeah, she she says she's a, she's a mother and her child's five. She's got no, you know, a She's only the mother of a five-year-old. She's got no real parenting experience or something, you know, like people are really coming at us with those types of comments. And it's really interesting. I thought that I would feel more affected by the negative comments. But when I was reading those comments, I just do not see myself or you in those comments. That's not who we are. We're not 
this, I'm not a bad mother, we're not abusive parents, we're not neglectful, we're not selfish people. Mm. So to me, it just doesn't, I just don't see myself in any of it. And I think that if I was somebody who, if I did have lower self-esteem or maybe if this all came out when I was PMSing, it would have hit me a lot harder. But I, I really, like I'm reading those comments and I actually feel quite... Um, just removed from them. If it had been a family member who had said this or somebody who is like a close friend who sort of pulled me aside and was like, I've got this real concern, you know, and I would sort of, that would really make me question a few things. But, well, I, I mean, I wouldn't question my parenting, but it would take me back. But reading strangers just spit at me. It, mm. I just don't see myself in that yeah, I think it affected me probably more yeah. than you. Um, there were a few like very specific, like one particular guy was like, you know, took the the question that Pat asked that I cried to, like, would your son be proud of you? And one particular guy was like, there's no way your son would be proud of you. You know, you're awful, you're an awful parent or something like that. And I was like, motherfucker, you know, that, know. that really fucked me off to the point where I like found out where he like he has a f- open Facebook profile, you know. I'm like, I'm like, where, what? I want to understand why this guy would feel comfortable saying something like that. Mm. Like, I found out which gym he goes to. Oh my gosh, Don't worry, Liam. guys. Don't worry, guys. It's not <laughs> oh going to get God, crazy. Liam. It's not going to get crazy. But I was just like, I, I need to understand, you know, where he's coming from, you know, because obviously that's a horrendous thing to say to someone, especially if you watch, you know, if you've obviously watched it. Um, with the, the the point of kind of you know engaging in mm. in this kind of source material mm. to then that be your response, mm. and so I was like, oh man, mm-hmm. you know, and I I did that with most of the negative comments. Mm. Like I really I, I wanted know. to to do my research on these people. Oh, you know? I'm yeah, I'm I it, I'm sad that you know it did af- did affect you in that way when you're saying you want to know where this guy comes from. I mean, for somebody to leave such a hateful, nasty comment like that, where that's coming from is a deep, it's coming from their own insecurities, their own Mm. deep sense of pain. He obviously has a lot of issues. I mean, it just would never in a million years cross my mind to ever write something nasty Mm. online about somebody or just you know, attack their parenting like that. Like it's just it's just really horrible and, and hurtful. And I think it's just such a shock because like I said before, you and I move in such beautiful, supportive circles mm. with very kind, empathetic, um, intelligent people who are just like really considered and, you know, we spend so much time caring about each other's feelings and Mm. the feelings of people who we love. Like it's really just foreign actually to be sort of exposed to that sort of discourse and have it be somebody making a comment Mm. on our relationship and our family and the way that, you know, that we parent. But These people don't know anything about us. They have Mm. no idea about who we are. They don't know anything about non-monogamy. They don't know any non-monogamous people to their knowledge. I'm sure that they probably do. But, you know, they're just, it's just all trigger. 
It's just trigger, 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 trigger in the mm. comments. Well, in an ideal world, I will take that guy out for a coffee and, and have a chat with him in a very nice way that, you know, I'll, I'll uh, expand his worldview. Oh Either gosh. that or I'll go to his CrossFit gym and we'll see what happens. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just Liam. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So another, another comment that was interesting, there was lots of comments kind of around STIs. This kind of, mm. this falsehood that, you know, if we're non-monogamous, then we're clearly just like, yeah. you know, a magnet for STIs. I'll read this yeah. comment out. Um, hope they are using protection with those other partners because who's to say that the other party aren't sleeping with other people unprotected? Would hate to find out I got an STI and gave it to my husband or wife. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Look, I mean, on the STI topic, I'm sure we've probably spoken about it at some point, but I feel like there is so much regular testing in non-monogamous communities. I feel like for us, you know, condoms are a must. Um, you know, of course, sometimes occasionally an accident can happen, but, you know, we're really regularly testing and that's something that's not we're not trying to hide that or run away from it. Um, mm. It's just like a part of our life. And I would say that it really should be a part of um, everybody's health checkup routine. It, you know, whether you're in a monogamous relationship, a non-monogamous relationship, I think that it is so important. I honestly, I cannot tell you, I have had so many different women who I know in my life over the years who have found out about an infidelity because their monogamous partner gave them an STI. And look, your partner can lie to you and say that they are faithful, but I'm sorry, the health results don't lie. And that's, mm. that's truth. So I think that everybody should be having regular testing. And I really don't think that being in a monogamous relationship structure is a good enough um, safe haven. And I would almost say that the the discourse in the non-monogamous community and the willingness for people to actually go and get tested is much higher than our vanilla friends. You know, if we talk to our vanilla friends, you know, and say, when's the last time you got tested? They go, oh, you know, why would I need to get tested? I'm exactly. just with one partner. And it's like, well, I don't know. This I is, know. it's a good, it's a good thing to do. It is. It really is a good thing to do. There can be a lot of shame around uh, getting tested when you're monogamous or it can start a fight. Like I think it's, it, when it comes to your health, your own sexual health, if you ever say to your partner, I want to go in, you know, get tested for something, you know, I just want to go and have a routine sexual health check. If your partner gives you any kind of grief or seems uncomfortable or makes you feel bad about it or gives you the silent treatment, that is a huge red flag. Absolutely. That is a major red flag. You should be able to go and have your sexual health test done, you know, yearly, even if you're in a monogamous relationship and your partner should fully, fully, fully support that. That's just the, the way it should be. Yeah. And what are some of the other comments? I know you've got them there on your phone. Oh, look, I mean, the one of my favorite uh, comments was a, was a conspiracy theory Ooh. that uh, non-monogamy is, I'll, I'll quote directly. Um, so... Our fine friend, um, I'll say his first name, uh, Stuart. I won't mention his last name. But Stuart goes, this is all part of the Labor Party's program because none of them are married. The Prime Minister didn't even have a family and Penny Wong has a girlfriend. So their agenda is to destroy the family unit. 
Now, oh my gosh, I did not read that. I mean, I haven't read them since the first yeah, that's night or something. That's incredible. I mean, that's my favorite comment. I mean, it, the creativity. <laughs> One has to <laughs> applaud this particular gentleman's creativity because that is that's a that's an incredible mm-hmm. conspiracy theory, and uh, to dis wow. to disprove. Well, anecdotally, to disprove his theory, because, of course, I can't actually prove that Anthony Albanese hasn't <laughs> made me be non-monogamous. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when I next see him in Canberra, we'll, you know, I'll have to ask him. Yeah. But, um, you know, non-monogamy stretches across all spectrums of, yes. of political spectrums, across, you know, uh, wealth spectrums. You know, it is really one of the most broadly represented things. It is, and so to to kind of frame it as a as a conspiracy theory. Oh my gosh, that's fascinating! I thought it was conversion. It was just elbow this whole time. I know it was <laughs> Penny Wong. She's just getting to me. Oh, the Penny Wong comment. That's really interesting. There were I did read some comments that were like, marriage is, should be between a man and a woman. Mm. You need to read the Bible and all this stuff. I thought, oh gosh, it's a bit late for that. Yeah. So here's another good one. This is from Nick. Um, so he goes, this is kind of, you know, a little bit more, less tactful, but he goes, clown world leftist feminist agenda to promote <laughs> cuckoldry and polyamory degenerates. <laughs> you know, I like, I like how. I quite like that comment. Yeah. It's kind of in the similar kind of uh, vein of the, the last one, you know, mm. it kind of gives it this political spin, mm. you know, it's like a leftist agenda also that it's a feminist agenda, I guess, leaning into the fact that people, a lot of people misconstrued the pieces saying you date and I don't date. Yes. Which is, which is interesting. And, and so that was also a reason why a lot of people left comments similar to cuckold, like this guy is a cuckold or cuck, you know, if they were feeling yeah. particularly someone lazy and calling... didn't want to write the whole, the whole word out in their, in their Facebook comment. Yeah, someone wrote, he's a wimp. Yeah, or simp. That's another simp. one. Bloody pathetic. <laughs> oh, no, this is a good one. So uh, on, on the same screenshot that I – because I, I screenshot all the good ones. Someone goes, pandemic of the simps. Wow. Now, interestingly, I, to be honest, I had to Google what simp meant. So maybe this is an indication that I, I don't spend enough time lurking in the darker corners of, of the internet. No. What do you think simp means? Isn't simp like um, you're like worshipping, you're like the pathetic worshipper or something? Yeah, I think, I think it's something. Something along Just that. like simpleton, like a... Yeah. Yeah. You like know. desperate or something. And also I... F- I f- I feel like some of these comments, you know, there's a lot of people into cuckolding. You know, it's it's you know, it's quite know. derogatory Don't to Don't shame cuckolding. Yeah, there's cuckolds out there reading these comments going, God, now they're having a go at me as well, you know? Okay, so that makes me think about something. So when these comments were coming through, I was getting a, a lot of messages from our community, so many messages from people saying, Are you okay? And this is mm. making me really upset and you know, I can't believe that these people are saying this and then and I was feeling like I'm actually okay because I don't – that's – I know who I am. Mm. I know who you are. These comments, that's not us. That's whoever – these people saying this stuff, that's that's their business. That's not us. But then I realized 
you know, I think there were these emotional sort of responses coming in about these comments because, you know, us and what we're representing, we're actually representing so many people through this story. There are so many non-monogamous mm. parents and so many just non-monogamous people who we know who have come out to support us and then who are reading these horrible negative comments, even after such a beautiful, even-handed, short little documentary that they, you know, they, they're they going to be feeling affected by reading these comments because they, they know who they are. They might be parents as well. And yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't really sort of thought about that. And then that was, that was coming along. And so, you know, I just wrote back to everybody and was like, you mm. know, I'm okay. Everything's, everything's okay. Mm. Okay. Here's another good comment. So this is from Bill. So Bill writes, that's why China, India, and Russia will lead the world very soon because the West has screwed up big time. What do you expect children of these fuck-ups to do? Lack of father figure and mother sleeping with everyone. Don't want to take responsibility. Thanks God, born to real man and tough woman. So Bill was born to a real man and a tough woman. Wow, and apparently I'm sleeping with everyone. With everyone. Who's got the time to do that? If only. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I think, you know, people think you're non-monogamous. They think that you're like out there. People just really have no idea what it's about. And I think maybe Bill is thinking... Who like who would Bill be if he was non-monogamous? Bill is probably a little restricted in himself and he's thinking, you know what? If I was non-monogamous, I'd be out there fucking absolutely everybody. Mm. And so, you know, he's like putting that back on us. And I think it's really fascinating because I, I really don't like that assumption that because you're non-monogamous, you're out with absolutely everybody. For me, I'm non-monogamous. I feel incredibly picky. Like I'm like mm. not, I don't just... Um, hook up with anybody. I'm not really interested in that. For me, it's about the connection. That sometimes the connections are very far and few between, and that's totally fine. It's a it's a mindset of openness. So mm. I'm really glad that I actually mentioned that in the in the doco as well. Actually, yeah. I answered that question. Yeah, and if if you really paid attention, I feel like uh, to, to the responses and the stuff that was talked about in the documentary, that might have gone a little way to to. Um, you know, answering some of his his queries. So another one of the comments was from uh, Melissa, and she kind of had a dig at your your parenting. And uh, she goes, "Wow, how the hell does she have time? Bit selfish." Look, I think asking how do I have time, I think that's a pretty fair enough question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time, I'm I'm pretty busy, but I I do feel like we can find time. But it's mm. very much. There are a lot of things in life to make that time be found. And that is compersion. That is excitement. That's us having the marriage that we do. You know, it's not that difficult to find a couple of hours to catch up with somebody for a date or for a coffee, you know, maybe once every, I don't know, two weeks or three weeks or something. I mean, I I really haven't actually dated for probably two months now. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I think for a lot of people they can't. They can't understand that, but they have, you know, sometimes people are probably making time for things that for me just wouldn't be a priority. You know, I know that there are some husbands, they go and play golf for an entire Saturday. Like that's Mm. just, they find the time to do that. Like, you know, I can go and have a one and a half hour coffee with somebody. And she found the time to 
to message that on a Facebook board, you know, she could have been sending a sext to one of her boyfriends. I know, she could have been texting boys. Instead, she's like leaving nasty comments. To me, I'm like, how do you have the time to like be mean to people on the internet? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 probably the better question. Yeah. But I, but I feel like because we could obviously talk through we have received a, a bunch of really beautiful comments. Oh, so many. Um, and the people who are listening to this podcast, uh, you know, we're really preaching to the converted here. We are. So we are. Uh, if you are listening, we we do thank you much, Lee. And, and perhaps maybe you've you've found out about us through the project and you're actually listening to this podcast to see what it's all about. Yeah. Which could be an interesting thing. So, And if that's the case, reach out to us. Absolutely. Let's, let's Send have, me an email. Let's have conversations. Uh, can I read one more comment? Yeah, babe. It's, it's the negative one. But it's interesting. It's it's a bit yeah, nuanced. It's okay. Let's go. Okay. So so this was from Vanessa because I think it's important to put people's names to it. Not that I don't want to dox people and and of say course. you know. What say does Vanessa have to say? So Vanessa. So she goes. Yeah. Right. Just normalize it and put all the colorful words you can to make it out as normal and write as it can be to everyone else. Just say you want to have your cake and eat it and also eat everyone's else's. Now we did address that earlier, but don't sugarcoat it, lady. No one's falling for your flowery words. Also, don't marry each other. In fact, just swing it everywhere. As long as you don't ruin those who wants to stay in a monogamous relationship or marriage. That one was hilarious. I forgot about that one. That one did have me laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe I have written about this before on my Instagram. I think if people hear that you're non-monogamous, they think all of a sudden you're like after everybody and you're going to take all of the monogamous, the potentially monogamous people or you're out there trying to like ruin people's marriages. Mm. And I think so much of this comes down to this idea that monogamy and your morals are so tied together and if you're not monogamous you have no morals and you are this like uncaring person you're going to go around destroying marriages but I mean why would I want to go around dating monogamous men I mean I don't know who she's dating but I'm probably not interested Mm. in whoever it is that she would potentially be dating I think she's married I think that's her point is that she feels like the fact that we are non-monogamous is a threat to marriage yeah and you know I think also with these comments when people come to them there's they've got their own backstories as well you know Vanessa could have been in a situation where maybe her husband had an affair on her at some point Mm. and I'm like there you know speaking my truth and being this non-monogamous woman and I've like reminded her of someone who like ruined her marriage or something like Mm. I don't know but it's not to do with me I mean I'm not out there trying to pull people's families or lives apart. Mm. I couldn't couldn't be less interested in that. And also the fact that she said flowery words was really interesting to me. It was almost like she was she was accusing you of of trying to dress up the message in, you know, just eloquence. Which isn't <laughs> Well, that's just the way that I speak. I didn't mean to be dressing anything up. I was just talking about my experience of being non-monogamous. And I mean, what were my flowery words? What compersion? I guess that's that sounds a little bit flowery. Yeah, I guess it definitely sounds like an exotic word. Now, one thing that is also uh, interesting to touch on is that there were discussions of uh, within these social media platforms of, you know, why are they going on TV? Like, what's the point of them kind of attention seeking? Like, they're such attention seekers. They're trying to get all this, 
you know, all this fame by going on and, <laughs> and being these non-monogamous people. And, you know, why don't they just kind of like stay in their little hole and just never rear their, their heads? I know. It's like keep, keep it shameful. Keep it – if you're going to do it, don't tell anybody about it. It should yeah. be so shameful. Our whole thing is destigmatizing. You know, we've we've been talking about non-monogamy for years now. I've been writing about it with the Instagram. The vulnerability muscle has been getting a real workout over these years with gradually starting to open up and having the Instagram and having our podcast and our conversation nights and having our family mm. know. And so when Pat approached us and we had a really good chat with him, we just decided that, sure, okay, we'll, we'll just take it to – to a broader audience and that that'll be okay. I mean, there's, this is how stigma breaks. It's when people actually can put a face to a name or to, to an idea and they say, oh, they can see, oh, these are just lovely, normal people and this is a thing that's happening in the world and this has been happening, you know, there's like slowly this sort of deconditioning of um, these romantic or religious expectations around relationships and, you know, I've just felt like we were a good we were a good fit to be able to go and do that and I, I really did trust Pat to do the right thing. One person uh, responded uh, with that kind of accusation of you know that you're an attention seeker and this is all all vain like why is why does this story need to be on prime time on a national TV channel? Um, and someone, I, w- I want to read the whole comment because I think it beautifully shows the level of support from really kind, caring people within our community. Um, and also it really clearly articulates, you know, why it is important as well, mm-hmm. kind of furthering on from exactly what you just said. Mm. Um, so I will mention this person's name. It's Shauna. So shout out to you, Shauna. You're an absolute legend. But she responded directly to this other person who made these accusations. And she says, the beauty of people sharing their stories on platforms like social media and TV is that it allows people who have similar beliefs or interests to feel connected, not alone, normal or part of a community. Sharing one's story is one of the most powerful things a person can do. And if it doesn't resonate with the viewer, they can A, get an opportunity to learn about a different way of existing that looks different to their own, or B, scroll by and change the channel. Exactly. Perfect. So beautiful. What a beautiful comment. Thank you so much, Shauna. And it's really just heartening, especially when when, when I was reading a lot of the bad comments. Uh, I think you deliberately weren't reading them, but uh, when I was reading the bad comments to see people leaving beautiful things like that was was just really wonderful and affirming to, to why it is important to have these conversations. You know, all the negative uh, comments, they do just reaffirm the importance of destigmatizing mm-hmm. all of all of these discussions and just the importance of being kind to people. Mm. I mean, that's what the all the trolls out there, that's what the, the, the real lesson in it for me was the importance to uh, really advocate for kindness mm-hmm. and compassion mm. in discussions about things that you might not understand mm-hmm. or things that make you feel uncomfortable. You know, the the fascinating thing is that we are coming to this in an open-hearted way. We are open to engaging in discussions with other people mm-hmm. who don't you know, see the same way as we do. Mm. Um, but we really genuinely believe that we can coexist with differing opinions and differing viewpoints um, and just get along. Absolutely. We don't always have to be friends, but we do need to be friendly.
Yes, exactly. Um, so maybe on that note, let's uh, let's leave it there. Yes. Thank you so much for listening um, to our little um, TV uh, update. Yeah, response. <laughs> You know, review of uh, of how the events all played out. Um, thank you uh, for everyone's uh, support. Yes, thank you um, so much. For those who've left beautiful comments and those who are still leaving beautiful comments. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We love hearing from you guys. We do. And we will continue to keep speaking about it. Um, we probably won't be on TV for the next uh, little while. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be we'll catch laying up. We'll just be laying under the bedspread for a while, just yeah. uh, r- chilling out. We'll, we'll, we'll stay in the uh, the non monogamy echo chamber just yes. to just to kind of build up our defense mechanisms exactly. a little bit, a little bit more. But uh, yeah, um, thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>